Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. Welcome to season three. I am thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we'll be able to unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. Periodically, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, happy St. Patrick's Day today. We're going to delve right into my mailbag and we're going to answer a question right off the bat. Let's see. It says, Pam, you've made reference to the Trinity on past episodes, yet there's no Trinity found in scripture. How do you explain this? Well, that is a great question. I'm happy to see that you've been paying attention. When we look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. These very words from Jesus affirm the reality of the Holy Trinity. Notice Jesus did not say, Baptize them in the names of of rather, he said, in the name of. While the name Trinity does not occur in scripture, it well describes the three-in-one nature of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, I hope that answers your question. All right, folks, last time we talked about the controlled tongue. If you recall, there are four tongues or choices of speech to choose from. Two are good and two are not beneficial for healthy communication with ourself or with others. So today we're looking into the second of the good tongues or speech. The careful tongue positions us to be able to use thoughtful and constructive communication. We're either an active demolition or construction site as evidenced by our words. And I think you'll recall that from last time we discussed that. So today, as we uncover more about the careful tongue, we will reveal what the word says additionally for who we are in Christ Jesus. Once again, we're given several examples from the books of Proverbs. This mouth can be used, the mouth, excuse me, can be used as a weapon or a tool hurting relationships or building them up. Have you ever wondered why it is that we can tear down in seconds something that has taken years upon years to build? Well, our words should be carefully selected and used for the intent which we're sending them forth into the world. Value is seen when we consider our words as messengers acting upon our behalf. Our actions and our words tell others what is deep within our heart. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1 is the area of our focus for our study today. It says, A wise woman builds her house. A foolish woman tears hers down with her own hands. Now, it's important to note that Solomon was providing instruction to his son, and we can replace woman in this proverb with man as well. 
And with that in mind, what was King Solomon teaching us from this proverb? Well, I think he was teaching us that the tongue is part of the mouth that enables speech, dialect, or language to pour forth. And when we're speaking with a caring tongue, our speech pattern is one of truth and encouragement. The godly speak words that are helpful, but the ungodly people speak only what is harmful. And some people make cutting remarks, but words of the wise bring healing. This is one reason Jesus tells us not to cast our pearls among the swine when they're really only deserving of our silence. Nature has much to teach people. A pearl is formed only after being irritated, and an irritant sneak into the shell of a mussel or clam, and it's that mollusk which secretes fluid, thus coating the irritant in an attempt to soothe the irritation. The result is a radiant pearl after layer upon layer was deposited onto the irritant. And molluscum is a chronic infection people may get when their immune system is in a weakened state. These papules are either single or multiple pearl-like bumps on the skin. And this is important because irritation is one of the causes of a compromised immune system. The caring tongue does not irritate. We're told not to let any corrupt word proceed out of our mouths. This is how we can impart grace upon others and not tear our houses down with our own hands. Our words act as containers filled with a composite of choices we use further to edify others or to tear them down. Again, caring tongue does not irritate. When we worry, we weigh others down. An encouraging word cheers up the people around us. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 23 reminds us that everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It's wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. As we build up our homes, here's some other Proverbs to refer to. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs 25 verse 15 says, patience can persuade a prince and a soft answer, excuse me, soft speech can crush strong opposition. And then finally, Proverbs chapter 27 verse 9 tells us that the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. And the wise woman is considered to be a counselor within her own home. And if you listen to our Proverbs 31 woman podcast, you'll recall that this woman was worth more than rubies. She was a virtuous woman and wife who represented all of these attributes. She approached life living at the top of her game. She was an icon in her home and community. She was a manufacturer, importer, manager, realtor, farmer, seamstress, upholsterer, and merchant. So how does our wise woman emerge? She does go through all the usual growth and development stages of life, but her character makes her different. It's her confidence in God and his wisdom that is the distinction upon her life. She, in turn, is able to give herself and others good, sound counsel and advice. She truly enjoys wisdom and uses it to build up her household. She remains hungry for the truth and has no regard for foolishness. And it is a of utmost importance for what we feed our minds with. Again, it's 
our use of a careful tongue that benefits us. What we choose to feed our minds with is arguably more important than what we feed our bodies. The people we allow into our space, the books, magazines, and television programs all equally impact us. A wise woman continues to seek wisdom rather than gold and understanding more than silver. She understands that materialism is temporal, but God's word is eternal. She considers her steps by not being misled and gullible. The word says that simpletons believe everything they're told. And when we use wisdom and discernment as a filter in our life, we no longer succumb to deceptions of others. We're able to see through the schemes of evil. Now, God gives us a new vision and intuitively we tap into a knowing that taking our life savings and investing it into a promise of huge returns on our investment is a short time... In a short time frame is foolish. That's a get quick rich scheme and it falls upon deaf ears when we have and utilize God's wisdom. Now discretion in what we say will prevail. It's a life-giving fountain for those who grab a hold of it. For centuries, even to do this to this very present day, people have attempted to turn back the hands of time. They've sought a fountain of youth. The only logical reason for this is that they don't know Jesus. Our eternal life promises to be vastly superior to our temporal lives. Having God's wisdom gives us the life-giving fountain that truly can make a person happy, joyful, healthy, and alive forever. When we fill our homes acting out of obedience to God's word, he cleanses us from any and all sin. We no longer are bound by its deadly effects. Our perspective changes regarding our present life. That fountain of life was but a dream many were chasing, but the reality of God's living fountain is eternal. Every day we're given the opportunity to choose between God's wisdom or the weight of worldly foolishness. The godly receive life. The godly woman will continue to build up her own house by listening to good advice and counsel from godly people. She expresses humility over pride Proverbs chapter 15 verse 33 says, Fear the Lord teaches a person to be wise. Humility precedes honor. But the reverse of this is pride bringing a person to humiliation while humility brings honor. It's okay to live a life filled with hopes and expectations that our dreams will come true as long as we're aligning them inside of the will of God. But if we allow our eyes to wander into fantasy, we'll most likely begin to tear down our houses. We want and need to be aligned with God's ways and goals. Our house is more than a physical structure. It's the essence of who we are. The computer between our ears that evaluates the input we give it, thus registering responsive feedback to us for dissemination. While worthwhile goals of wisdom, honesty, patience, and love may not seem exciting, they are all very rewarding internally. Have you paused recently to evaluate your goals in relation to following God? How else does a wise woman build her house? She places love into action. This woman builds her house by overlooking another's faults. Isn't that really what we all want? People in our lives who are accepting and not 
fault finding, it seems safe to answer that we do not want someone who exposes all of our flaws shouting them from the rooftops to the very house that's supposed to be being built up. What we know is that love doesn't attempt to bury another person, especially while they're alive. They don't seek out dirt in order to destroy them. These actions only serve to separate and never unify people. Many of us, myself included, can do a better job at disregarding others' faults. And this does extend beyond relationships solely within the home. While it is tempting to remember and bring up every single mistake from the past during a disagreement, it's not prudent to do so. Love will always keep its mouth shut. We're told to focus on what the concern or issues are within the confines of an argument. We're not to bring in past supporting points to further solidify our case. When we do this, we can become more interested in winning at all costs and not keeping the peace which is what Jesus said we should be doing in his Sermon on the Mount message. The more we grow in Christ, the more we will be able to forget about the confessed sins of the past. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 gives, gives us an example of this to follow. We are told our attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had. He had a servant heart attitude. Jesus was humble. He was willing to forfeit his rights in order to serve God. We do this for the love of God and others. Have you ever noticed that often people seek making a good impression They're all in all? Sure, it's natural to want to make a good first impression. The world has told us this repeatedly, but many times this is a vain attempt to glorify ourselves and not God. It's important to remember all honor and glory are God's, not ours. When we're selfish in our words and thoughts, we sow discord and strife. Paul reminds us to focus upon spiritual unity. And we do this by loving one another and being in spirit and purpose together. Jesus wants us to put others first. This is the key to being humble. When we care about another's problems like they were our own, we're fulfilling Jesus's desires for us. We then experience unity. And Jesus wants us not to be so focused upon ourselves that we exclude and alienate others. We must not strain the relationships within God's family by being self-absorbed and self-focused. When we get this right, we can be assured we're sharing in the mind of Christ. Additionally, we build up our houses when we live in desire to fulfill God's plan for our lives daily. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 says, I strain and reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us up to heaven. Paul had told us that his goal was to know Christ to be like Christ, and to be all Christ had in mind for him. This is an excellent example for us to model. This goal took all of Paul's energies. We need to not let anything take our eyes off of the goal. We must keep our eyes focused on Jesus, always looking heaven's way. When we're single-minded for Christ, we remove all barriers and distractions. We build up our houses by letting the past go and focusing on what Christ is transforming us into. This positions us to live a life of obedient faith, full of meaning and purpose. We are to live in the here and now with what we do know about Christ. 
We'll be well served to remember we grow more and more each day. When we're on a quest for truth, we must act out of the truth already known to us. This will be how we persevere and preserve a caring tongue and please God. What then is the truth that I'm standing on? The truth is Jesus, and yet sometimes trusting seems empty. I'm reminded that my past has me confined in others' expectations for me, not God's. In spite of this, God does not lie. His word promises me that my past has been completely forgiven, and yours has too, as far as the east is from the west. I know that I am blessed, and I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I am also aware the enemy wants me to feel less than God's best. Therefore, I choose to place my full trust in Jesus, making him first place in my life. He's the truth, the way, and the life, the one who takes us and presents us to the Father. This is who I am in Christ. I'd be remorse, though, if I didn't ask you, who are you in Christ Jesus? And friends, today, if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not somewhere else, then I invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus Christ. Simply repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Oh, man. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you and get into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other believers. Now, let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you've ever made. God bless you. And as you go out, Into the world, let me pray this benediction and blessing over you from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays, so tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus' unlimited power in our present-day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love in action looks like, and many more. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and hit like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. And much of today's podcast was referencing my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you can pick up a copy of the book from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes and Noble or Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy, friends, please write to me and I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. And then if you know anyone who may be interested in this material, please share a copy with them too. Until next time, be blessed.